Hey, mother. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Michelle Wojo Wojcikowski, and here's my sidekick and partner in crime husband, Brad. <laughs> and I'm John Quattrucci. Well, welcome, everybody. Another week gone by in this pandemic. Everything else going on. Before we get started, I just want to dedicate this podcast to Rolo Tomasi. <laughs> John, what's the movie we're going to do today? We're going to go with the, um, the 1997 neo-noir thriller crime drama, L.A. Confidential. As noted which, back here. Yes. And which is, it's just a fantastic film. It was uh, directed by Curtis Hansen. It's based on the James Elroy book written by Brian Hegelin and uh, Curtis Hansen. And um, it is probably my favorite crime film of the last 30 years. It you know, maybe going film. back to it's uh, Goodfellas and then this film. They're, they're really not in the same category. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, really. <laughs> but uh, one, you know, I don't want to get too much into the description now, but it's about. It's set in 1950. Hey, before you go, right. let me show a preview or a review. What do we call these? Uh, I think we call the trailer. When I grew up, we called them previews, didn't we? I don't know why I keep calling them I previews. I think it's a movie trailer. Can we see a trailer? Yes. Thank you, Sean. I'm yeah. going to show a trailer. <laughs> or a preview. Stand by. I think a preview Whatever. trailer. Whatever. I think I can matter. do it. I think I figured out how to do this. They were three cops who had nothing in common. Freeze. Big B, what are you doing here? Hey, you know me. I'm keeping the streets safe, boys. One would do anything to get ahead. You're truly prepared to be despised with them? department yes sir i am one had his own brand of justice how's it gonna look in your report it'll look like justice that's what the man got and one loved the spotlight what exactly do you do on the show jack i teach brett chase how to walk and talk like a cop the night owl massacre this is a heinous crime that requires swift resolution six victims one of them one of our own interrogations will be led by lieutenant edmund exley i need some backup come on all right, college boy, I'll help. Now, all of them are faced with solving one case. Don't move! I want confessions, Edmund. Oh, I'll break them, sir. These people are all in the morgue. And someone has to pay for it. There's something wrong with the night owl. I just can't prove it. They thought they had it all figured out. Anything bothering you about the night owl case? The fact that you guys won't let it get filed away. I didn't kill nobody! But what started as a murder... You talk only to me on this one. ...became a mystery that could cost them everything. Why was Susan Leffert at the Night Owl? I don't know. I never heard of the Night Owl till today. How about some payback, big time? We need evidence. I'll get the evidence. It was an information exchange. Do you have any proof? The proof had his throat slit. What do you want, actually? I just want to solve this thing. Even if it means paying the consequences? Spacey, Russell Crowe, Guy Pierce, James Cromwell, Kim Basinger, Danny DeVito. L.A. Confidential. That's a great nice. trailer. Yeah. It gets a little dramatic there at the end, doesn't it? It gets a little nice dramatic. I love right. my previews a little dramatic, Ralph. Previews. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's uh, based on the Elroy book, which I did not read. Um, that's a sprawling saga, and they just... 
They really simplified it and only used the scene. They really liked the director. Really liked the characters, and uh, Brian Hegeland, Hegeland uh, apparently loved the book and heard that someone had bought the rights and approached them, and the studio said no. And then he found the director, and they worked on the script spec for like years. Wow. You know, they did the Seth first seven drafts for free before they were even under contract. Wow. But it's 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 an amazing story. It's a sprawling story set in the early fifties. Los Angeles, a great feel for the time. It's very much like um, Chinatown in as much that it deals with a number of real events in a fictional manner, like Bloody Christmas and the development of the highways in Los Angeles. Yeah, it deals with a lot of issues. It's like L.A. Confidential's name for the magazine Confidential, which they turned into Hush Hush in, mm-hmm. in the um, – in the movie it deals like Mitchum's arrest it talks about a lot of real things Johnny Spontanato and you know Mickey Cohen and every you know it's a bunch of fictional characters playing around in a real world and what I love about this movie is well first off I think it's the best performance of everyone who's in who's in this movie all the leads it's their best I think Russell this is Russell Crowe's best performance Guy Pierce's best performance, Kevin Spacey's best performance. In fact, his performance is so good from him that I'll be happy never to see him on the screen again because I'll always have <laughs> It's funny, and that, talk about that, it's the one movie that I can watch and not – but it doesn't bother me that he's in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that way, and I understand movies are separate from real life, but this one I just feel like he nailed it. And Kim Basinger is very good. And uh, award-winning. James Cromwell, and this is perhaps his best performance, and I just want to put a little disclosure. A script of mine went out to James Cromwell weeks ago. (laughs) A script of mine went out to James Cromwell with an offer, and he turned it down. Uh, Was he in the middle of Babe when he was doing that one? No. John, did he see one of these podcasts? Is that why? Considering, yeah, considering that, um, probably sat through one of these. Sitting at home. No, yeah, I'm not gonna, probably more than anything. I'm not going to do anything this guy writes. Right. Yeah, so um, so that's good. I Elroy didn't think the movie could down. be made. Elroy, I read that he said it was just too much. There's no way they can make a movie out of it. He, he loved, loved what they did with the screenplay. Well, it's amazing screenplay. Yeah. So there, there's a lot to it. Yeah. 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 It's later. funny. This is also, other than being a great crime thriller, a great police movie, it was also the first film I watched with my wife, Deborah. Though oh. uh, we didn't see it in the theaters. because Oh, that's right. Porky's was with your girlfriend, you said, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was many years earlier. Yeah, no, that's right. I, I thought maybe that was your wife, but no, that was something. Uh, I invited my wife over to my house. It was like the third date to watch this movie. Oh, hey, you watched it at your home? But she left, before, she left before we got snowed. She got snowed in. It, was she dressed as Veronica Lake? Yes, she was. No, nice. she was like Rita Hayward. Okay. Very good. You know, so this is this is a fabulous film, and there will be spoilers. Of course. In it. And if you haven't yeah, because if you haven't seen it, it came out in 1997. If it's a spoiler, tough crap, people. Yeah, 23 years. We've had 23 years to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, as my wife was, you know, saying, you know, this is a very complicated movie. But with 23 years, you know, you can figure it out. And I don't want to make it a downer, but it is quite, is the word prescient? It is quite 
that's what really struck me about this movie. It's pretty much hitting home to what's going on now with all the yeah. brutal oh, yeah. cops yeah. and the We were talking up. about in that. Fact, we, were asked, the we were wondering if that's why you picked this movie. No, well, I, said, I said to Ralph, I called him up because I hadn't seen it. I've only seen a scene from it. And oh, I wow. Said him, I said, uh, is this really the time to be watching a movie like this? Because although the scenes are great, it, it did. It was a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It certainly was. I think was. that's the best way to describe it, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, um, I was reading, an, uh, some, again, reading on IMDb, Guy Pierce researched with a police officer in L.A. and didn't want to do it because the guy was racist. Yeah. And he ended up wow. doing something else. Yeah. And that was how many, 1997, right? How yeah. many years ago? So, wow. and yeah, uh, Rodney King was 92 or 93, right? So, 92. Yeah, 92. Okay. So, yeah, it's very, it's very in the time right now. We right. should be able, we well, should it was watch in the time it. Because, then and it's in yes, the time it's now. always been in the time. Yeah. And now it's just, it becomes a little, and you add that with Kevin Spacey in there and it adds a whole well, that was another. Of, uh, yeah. That was another. Yeah. Right. And to me, it was like, what a waste of talent. That's and what I like okay, about I, this film yeah. is that every police officer in it is corrupt. Right. To one degree mm-hmm. or another. You know, even right. Guy yeah. Pierce's. Even Guy Pierce turns out end. to be, yeah. yeah. Well, he's politically corrupt. There are no true good guys yeah. in this movie. No. Yeah. 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 Right. Jim Basinger. He'll, he'll well, really? Really? Well, no, she's not. Jim Basinger. She was happy. Jim Basinger, you're just saying that because she's hot. She was hot. And oh, she, she was, still is probably. Well, well, she was breathtaking in this movie. Somebody somebody brought up this that this is about police officers all reaching that point <laughs> where, they, where they'll go no further. Well, it's also supposedly redemption of, not redemption, but the three leads, Kevin Spacey, Guy Pearce, and, and um, Russell Crowe, it's their redemption and their loyalty test and all this stuff. Really, the movie's about those three guys yeah, yeah. and how they changed throughout. And Kevin Spacey, I think, probably had the biggest change of all, and it ended up getting him killed, right? So, yeah. yeah. Shocking yeah. scene there. What does actually make of all this? No, I haven't told him yet. I just came straight from the record team. I will um, tell you, I was. And I, we had seen this long ago, and when he got shot, we both went. <gasps> it's it's an amazing scene. I've forgotten a lot of it. Yeah. The Rolo Tomasi thing, just like, just. Oh, that, that was, was so perfect. Rolo Tomasi. Do you need to describe the plot? Are we okay? I mean, it, well, it's a plot. It's about um, big plot. It's a, it's it's a complicated plot. It involves um, essentially, there are three cops. You know, Guy Pierce plays a straight arrow, as the trailer says. Um, Russell Crowe is a violent cop who despises men who beat women. If you yeah. put a woman around him, he will take justice in his own hands. Mm-hmm. And then um, Kevin Spacey is sort of like a Hollywood cop. He's busted Mitchum. He works as an advisor to a show that's like Dragnet. Mm-hmm. And he loves the fame. And mm-hmm. there's a little, they beat a bunch of Mexicans early in the film, which draws them all together. Two of, you know, because they were all at the scene of the beating. Mm-hmm. And it, it leads to some bad blood between the three of them. And then there's a mass, there's a shooting at a um, coffee shop, which Guy Pierce is supposedly going to handle the investigation, but his boss James Cromwell comes in, who was so sweet and babe. Dudley. And event, but and they end up framing um, 
three um, African Americans for the for this brutal massacre, which was also yes. one of the victims was a former police officer who was kicked off because of beating the uh, Mexicans, and um, they frame and all three of them to one degree or another begin to wonder about that about that case, mm-hmm. and it leads to a great deal of political corruption. Well, the, and, yeah, and the and the underlying thread is the corruption from Mickey, what's his name? Mickey Cohen. Mickey Cohen. Mickey Cohen's heroin trafficking, right? So yeah. there's a whole undercurrent. That's where Chinatown, you think of Chinatown. It's all the undercurrent of the political corruption that's going on in this time. And this in this is, case, criminal. In truth to a degree. Um, yeah. L.A., you know, in this film, um, James Cromwell's in charge of, of keeping gangsters out of L.A. And they did have a squad. There's been like at least four movies about yeah. them. You know, up that gangster squad, hat squad or something. Now Sean Penn played Mickey Cohn. Yeah. And, and they basically would beat, you know, mafia guys, organized crime figures. Mm-hmm. They would just take justice <laughs> in their own hand to keep them out of L.A. But in this, they take the twist that um, the police are taking over the rackets. Right. You know, mm-hmm. instead of organized crime. And the bloody Christmas beating of um, the Mexicans was something that actually happened. This um, Mickey Cohen was real. Lana Turner dating Joey Spompanato was that real. was funny. In that fact, scene was funny. You know, later that was on, that was hilarious. Scene. I love that. <laughs> what an autograph! Right to MGM. Since when do two-bit hoods and hookers give out autographs? What'd you say to me? LAPD, sit down. Who in the hell do you think you are? Uh, take a walk, honey, before I haul your ass downtown. You are making a large mistake. Get away from our table. Shut up. A hooker cut to look like Lana Turner is still a hooker. Hey! She just looks like Lana Turner. She is Lana Turner. What? She is Lana Turner. Lana Turner's daughter would later take credit for killing him. Right. So that's still much, very much in debate whether that's what actually happened in real life. So, I mean, there's this veneer of realism throughout the entire film, which is fabulous. And it's just really sharply written. (coughs) There's a lot of action. It's like one set piece after another. (coughs) Covering my cough. And, um, it's hard to beat this. Oh, film. great. Now we're all infected. Thanks yeah, for the launch. What was it? Dante Spinetti? Um, yep. And they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to film it like a film noir. He wanted to keep it, you know, fairly current. Um, no, natural. Natural. Yeah. Because yeah. film, you know, film noir is very shadowy. Right. No, he kept it yeah. natural. Yeah. Um, musically, like the, the music, music they used, I've never, like, I don't really. I mean, I know we have people on the podcast that talk about music all the time, but this particular movie, the way they strung the music throughout was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, and Kevin Spacey's performance was based on Dean Martin. Well, oh really? Well, based on Dean Martin in a in a movie. Playing the director pop. said, "This is I." Uh, the, Kevin Spacey asked him, "Give give me some direction," and the best direction he gave him was, "Think Dean Martin, right? Cool, mm-hmm. hip." But he specifically related to a movie yeah. that Dean Martin was in. And um, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe was using uh, The Killing, um, Sterling Hayden in The Killing. Yeah. The Brutal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll just, talk, I have some things I want to say about Russell Crowe, but. That was his Sean. first American movie. This was? Yeah. Yeah, I saw him previously yeah. in Romper Stomp. That's right, that's is what the director saw. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. what yeah, got he, him. He was role. amazing in that. He didn't you think know, he could play like this. Film here. He was saying he couldn't play this part. 
It was and he too was brutal. perfect. Oh, yeah, he really was. He, yeah, he, he was rented like a coiled spring ready yeah, to like he rented tear a, anyone's head off. The it. whole movie, he was like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, that, that line when uh, Cromwell tells Guy Pierce, it's best to keep away from a man when his blood is up. And he's like, his blood is always up. Awesome. Yeah. It's best to keep away yeah. from him altogether. Russell Crowe rented a tiny apartment that he had to hunch to get through doorways yeah. so he could feel yeah. like when he got on the set, he could feel like he felt like he was big. Yeah. And if you look at the way his clothes are cut, his hands look like big, big yeah. beef steaks. And it's just, he looks uncomfortable in the jacket he's wearing because mm-hmm. it's too small for his big, mm-hmm. he really, because he's an animal dressed up like a human. Being. His physicality <laughs> paid off. He was great in this part. All, you're right. Mm-hmm. All of them were all Australians too. Yeah. Well, all Baker. Three of them. Oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, the ones that the were Simon Baker. Yeah. Later. Anyway, did Roger Ebert review yeah, this? The Tom? Yes, Roger Ebert did review. I, I'm going to guess four stars. But go ahead. I would say he went with indeed four stars. I'm not. I'm going to read the first two paragraphs. Confidential was a key magazine of the 1950s. A monthly sold millions of copies with its seamy exposés of celebrities, drugs, and sex. I found it on my dad's night table and read it breathlessly. The stories of reefer parties, multiple divorces, wife swapping, and leading men who like to wear frilly undergarments. The magazine sank in a sea of lawsuits, but it created a genre. The trash tabloids are a direct descendant. Watching L.A. Confidential, I felt the same insider thrill that Confidential provided. The movie, like the magazine, is based on the belief that there are a million stories in the city and all of them will raise your eyebrows and curl your hair. The open, breathlessly narrated by the character Sid Hutchins, who publishes Hush Hush magazine, bribes a cop named Jack Vincennes to set up celebrity arrests. Jack's is, is photographed with his luckless victims and is as, and as famous as the guy who caught Robert Mitchum, Robert Mitchum smoking marijuana. Well, it's a very long review. Yeah. He loves it. He doesn't give it that pithy one sentence he normally does at the beginning. Did he, how many stars? Was it four? Four. Yes, it was nice. a four-star review. Okay, great. Um, Wojo, Brad? Love this movie. Okay. Love this movie. I guess we're reviewing I, I it, loved, I love watching just, you know, we've talked before about how different movies just nail it with the atmosphere and the, I mean, I mean, it obviously it's it's a lot of people um, in in props and costumes and this and that to nail it, but not every movie nails the time period, you know, with how it winds up making you feel emotionally. And this, it was it's it was a joy to watch it again because when we sat down to watch it, I was like, it's almost two and a half hours, you know, because we're used to watching you know much shorter movies now, but. It was worth it, and it was fun to look back and see um, Guy Pierce and Russell Crowe, especially, look like they were twelve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you you know, I see them today, and I don't realize this huge change that's happened. And they have these real baby faces. I had to look up. To well, they see. were like early thirties, I think. Um, I think Guy Pierce was late twenties. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was amazing just to see the whole thing come together, and it was such. And what I liked about it, too, is it was a smart movie, meaning it was so intricate that there were times in which, because we haven't seen it in a long, long time, that I'd pause it and say to Brad, okay, 
So here's what's happening. This and this and this. And that's why he just said this to them and blah, blah, blah. Because if you can do that, I like to do that. You know what I mean? To kind of yeah. go over things. Is that because Brad doesn't understand or you're trying yeah, to? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. not real smart. Okay. I'm so. just wondering why you would stop to explain to Brad. <laughs> I'm trying to defend Brad a little bit here. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I was I was saying it. It didn't as, sound like I, you were defending me. No, I oh, maybe. <laughs> backhanded. I wouldn't backhanded. exactly say he was defending you, Brad. Backhanded defense. <laughs> no, I was I was making sure I was on track. Okay. Um, and then there were times in which you know there was a, a lot of quick repartee, and and I'd say, okay, wait a minute, now he just said this and this and this and this. You know what I mean? To keep. Yeah. Because there are a lot of different, even though there's one whole plot overall, there are all these little subplots happening and opening up and closing and being, and they're done and then they're not, and then maybe they are, and who knows, you know. So, and they even try and fool you with certain things. Like at the end, Kim Basinger, she's got her hair much shorter. And my first thought was, so now she's whoring as Marilyn Monroe. You know what I mean? (laughs) It was that. And then she walks down the hall with Guy Pierce and hold, and they hold hands. And I thought, really? I don't remember. He was creepy like that and took, you know, <laughs> the girl that Russell, and then you see Russell Crowe with like the tube coming out of his face. You can't talk. <laughs> so, so I, I, I thought it was great. I have no complaints. Brad. I, I know hard to believe yet. True. Yeah. But we but we had seen this, like she said, and we liked it the first time going around. We just it, we just hadn't remembered a lot of it because it's probably been twenty plus years since we saw it. Yeah. Did you see it in a movie theater or no? No. We probably got it from Cranbrook Video. We got, we got it from Cranbrook Video. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they're still around, they should sponsor us because you well, guys are not. They're not. I wish they were. Oh, because that's their name dropping a video oh. store that's been how long has that been gone? I saw it multiple times in the theaters. I went with different people to see it. Yeah, I don't remember if I saw I had to have, though, but I don't remember. I just had it, like, I just loved it. Okay, anyway, go ahead. But I would watch it again. I mean, I did. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Yeah. John? John, do you want to talk before I go into its flaws? I got some talking to do before you talk about flaws. You want to talk about a flaw? I love Kim Basinger, and I thought she was really good in it. That was not an Academy Award winning performance. Sorry. No. I would love to know who she was up against because I, it wasn't, I thought she was really good, but I wouldn't define that as an Academy. Would it have been makeup for other movies she should have uh, Russell Crowe? Yeah. He was great. Crowe was good, yeah. So I, I've only seen uh, a scene from this movie. I've never seen the whole movie. So this is the first time I saw the whole movie. What scene um, did you see? Uh, the scene where Kevin Spacey gets shot. So I knew that was coming. Oh, man, that's, that, what a ripoff. Yeah, but I, I, I just happened to catch it at that particular time during the movie. So, so seeing this was, was pretty cool, and I love all the actors in it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was also expecting it. Now, having watched a documentary on it, I get why they did it, but um, I was expecting much more film noir, like, you would, mm-hmm. like in the 50s. And you really, mm-hmm. it, they purposely didn't do that because the director said, he didn't want people focusing on the backgrounds. He wanted people focusing on the characters. So mm-hmm. that's why it was all natural lighting, and they didn't do the film noir lighting, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing about the movie, the theme of the movie is facades. Everybody is someone else, right? Yeah. So everyone starts off as one thing, but they're really hiding something else behind it. Mm-hmm. So as you mm-hmm. watch the movie, every, every character in the movie 
is not a good character. That's None not, of them doesn't are mean that that's not a facade. Like None, uh, they're all, they're all playing. Bud White didn't change. Doug, what was his facade? He wanted well, to be a detective. He was yeah. a. Well, he was a. He ended up punching out Kim Basinger. No, he's he been did, trying to hide he that. Yeah, sex with the guy he hated. Yeah, everybody is. Man. Everyone is trying to hide something. Dudley. Well, it was well, okay. Well, Kim was you saying Dudley had a lot of time? Are you saying Bud White was a a wife beater, a woman beater? No, is that what you're saying? What no, was he dead? He was. He knew I he know. had that violence in him, and he's always trying to hide it. So the way he gets around that is by beating up people. Well, his father had that violence, I right? Think that was his. And and it came okay. out that he realized that you know he has that in him. That's what happened with Kim Basinger, Guy Pierce, right? Political animal comes across straight at you know with the glasses and everything. Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. breezy, right? Now all of a sudden, a little more complexity as the movie goes along. In mm-hmm. fact, his his character probably had the biggest arc in the movie. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, and so when he gets when he gets killed, spoiler, 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 tough. Uh, <laughs> that was out of that was a surprise because of how breezy his character was. You mm-hmm. figure he's going to be the one to survive the thing, not the mm-hmm. other guy. So when it happened, and also the surprise is who shot him. <laughs> well, right. well, that's right. But you know. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that, but you knew something was going on with Dudley, even and though you well, picked and, star for that role. Yeah, oh, he yeah. did that, and all I could say was he was a babe. He was so nice. <laughs> well, how about casting him in this role? Good in this. No. Babe was nineteen ninety five, so two years after Babe, he gets cast in this thing, which is <laughs> the, as farthest as you can get from the character in Babe. <laughs> so everyone was casted beautifully, and the yeah. performances were great, and the tension especially with Russell Crowe throughout the movie, so that when he explodes, when he, when, uh, he catches Kim Basinger with uh, Guy Pierce's character and, mm-hmm. and the rage on his face, and when he goes in that room and starts breaking chairs, throwing it to the window, <laughs> that scene was incredible. And then when he calms down and realizes what's happening, that whole scene at the end in the hotel, that was a great action scene, uh, really, really well done. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there is a little bit of redemption at the end, but even Guy Pierce's character did a political move so mm-hmm. he could move up, mm-hmm. right? Even right. though it's a good thing for everybody, he did it right. politically. So, again, was anybody in it really a good person? No, but but you still liked all the characters. That's why I think this movie was so good, that you, you liked these people who were pretty awful people throughout the movie. Danny well, DeVito. I, think, I, I kind of disagree with that. And then they I still think- had some redeeming qualities. I mean, they still had some... I well, mean, in terms of what they ultimately were trying to figure out with this this murder, they didn't want to just let it be that, oh, let's let the black guys take, take the blame the, for this. The they blame. Really- even, even that, okay, they, were try- they, they tried to frame the African-Americans, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Who didn't commit murder. But what they did was pretty heinous, right? When they mm-hmm. went back yeah. to the hotel, right. they had the woman strapped down on the bed. So even they, right. who got framed, were awful. Mm-hmm. Right. something completely different. Right. That's what I found really interesting about this. Mm-hmm. Yes, there were there was redemption in this, but they were still, I wouldn't call them, they were not likable characters. No. And that's what, well, and, and but you still rooted for them. That's why I think it was so good. They could have gone easily, let's make these guys the white knights, the heroes. They didn't do that. They're mm-hmm. flawed people, right? And they had some pretty big flaws. I mean, that scene when Russell Crowe, practically punched Kim Basinger. Mm-hmm. That was tough. That yeah. wasn't just a, the first one was a slap. The second one was, whoa. And this is probably the hero of the movie. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. This right? is the guy who's the big defender of women, right? <laughs> exactly. So, but, but I, I love this movie. I, I love the, uh, you know how he sold this. Uh, the studio wanted to see a script. He didn't give him a script. He had like 15 <laughs> photos from 1950s L.A., that's what he used to sell this movie. Wow. And that's DeVito's uh, narration at the front kind of just played that yeah. up. Yeah. The Orange Groves, the so Come to L.A. Perfect. Yeah. The music, the music yeah. the director chose. Like when Kevin Spacey is at the bar with his $50 bill looking in the mirror, Dean Martin's smile is playing in the background. Hmm. So it was just perfect. And Jerry Goldsmith did the music. Yeah, I think we really said that. It's a great score. Dean Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it perfectly fit with the songs that uh, uh, Hanson picked for, for the rest of the movie. So I, I love this movie. It was great. And I'm glad, I, I'm, I'm glad I got to see this for the first time. I, I, the one thing, though, that, that I do disagree with a little bit, believe it or not, John, um, <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that um, Guy Pearce's character. What? It's for kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mojo. Sorry about that. <laughs> Guy Pierce's character, I think he was on the up and up until the very end. Well, he listen. Was, I know again, okay, I, okay. He I jump in. rapes a woman. What? When he goes after Kid Basinger. Oh, my God. Okay. You know, well, you know. Come on. Okay. Yeah. First of all. First of all. He didn't, he didn't rape her. Uh, he was so set up. That was a setup. That was a setup. Okay. Guy Pierce. He didn't know it was a setup. Guy Pierce, yes. Guy Pierce's motivation was politically. He wanted to move up in the ranks because he wanted to compete right. with his father's memory, right? Right. And, and be as good a cop as he felt his father. Great line that Russell uh, Russell Crowe said when they're in the underneath the motel fighting. Oh, your father died in uh, combat. Oh, you're going to live up to that. You might live yeah. up to that. Great line. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Guy Pierce's motivation was sinister. I think it was just no, political. And, political. And, and he flipped it against all these people that were working against him, the higher-ups, the Dudleys, the DA. We're talking about Ron Rifkin playing that DA, that scumbag DA. Oh, he's so great in here, too. Right. He, okay. I never do this in these podcasts because I just – but I want to talk about particular scenes, okay, that I just think – the one, one I want to really talk about is the one we talked about earlier with Lana Turner in the bar, yeah. Kevin Spacey, yeah. Yeah. where, where uh, Guy Pierce. Says you may be cut to look like a an actress, but you're just a whore. Cut to look or whatever right. she says, and right. Spacey says that's the real Lana Turner. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, the scene where they go back in the car, yeah. and they laugh about that. Yeah. How was I supposed to know? There's this flip going on there between those two. And it really predicated then Spacey really getting in and trying to, trying to help. And I think he gets shot right after that scene. I don't know. Maybe it was a little after that. No, no. Yeah, it was later. So that scene in the bar where they, they oh, Lana Turner is there was fantastic. The scene where they pull the bad cop, good cop against the DA in, yeah. the, in his office. Yeah. And he says, is that how you pulled the bad cop in your day? <laughs> and Ron Rifkin, where they open the door and he's in the mirror trimming his nose hair. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're planning to wipe my ass. Right. It's just just brilliant writing, brilliant direction, I have to say. And he's no, like, turn him off, turn him off. I don't know how. Now I'm 
know you think you're the egg number one hotshot, but here's the juice. If I take you out, ten more lawyers will take your place tomorrow. They just won't come on the bus, that's all. Great scene. The, um, what's another, just, uh. Well, the questioning scene. The entire scene. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. right Axley's going between the rooms. Yeah, the, the three rooms. And then, um, and then yeah, when Guy Pierce is flipping the other stuff, yeah. flipping yeah. the thing on, flipping so the, the guy yeah. in the next room here, yeah. this guy's saying see that Russell was... That like was... a volcano. As it's going on and on, you see it build and build and build and finally just crashes through the door. I'll get yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I thought Russell Crowe was fantastic in this film. Just his mm-hmm. physicality, his acting, all the stuff that he was doing. Was was great, and and Guy Pierce too. Guy Pierce, they, yeah. they kept and they the way they were all making fun of his glasses. Like every that. guy kept saying, you know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be wearing those glasses. Lose the glasses. <laughs> Lose the glasses. Um, Get a nice suit. And it's look. those kind of those are writing. Those are things that those guys, the, the writer, what's his name, Brian Hegelin. Hegelin. The well, they both wrote it. The director and yeah, it's yeah. just just just. The, I I always said that this is almost a perfect movie. You know what? And I hate to say it, they've done some fine work. But nothing these guys have done have come close to this. You know, you're talking about the actors. The no, the um, writer and director. Oh. What else have they had? What other movies have they? They collaborate on other stuff. Yeah, not together. But Hegelin's done a number of cop films. Didn't he do that one with? Uh, um, um, think- Mad Max. Why can't I remember those guys? <laughs> Who's yeah. Matt? Who played well, Matt Max? Mel Gibson. Did he do that uh, Mel Gibson payback where they did the different? I think one of them did that. Yeah. Did the versions. Hegelin yeah. directed that one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and then Mel Gibson took it back and made this two. I have a DVD with two yeah. versions of that. Yeah. Now, and here, frankly, here. Brian's is a pretty good version. It's just a downer. It doesn't have the hero ending like uh, Mel Gibson put in. Anyway. Yeah, but um, here, so um, supporting actors. Before we go much further, Kim Basinger. Who was she up against? Yeah. So I, I had it up here. Let me see. Joan Cusack in In and Out. Yeah. Right. Oh, you got that it. That was not a you know not a heavy thing. Okay. Any Driver, Goodwill yeah. Hunting, not a heavy movie. That was uh, a heavy Gloria movie. Stewart, Titanic. In the Oscar pool, I went with Gloria Stewart. I thought they would give it to her for age. And Juliana Moore, Boogie Nights. And, um, yeah, I, w- I would have picked her over Kim Basinger. I, I hate her. <laughs> well, you don't have to like her, but she, well, did she, she turned on one of your movies or something. No, <laughs> I just, just the acts and everything. I actually saw all those movies too. Every, every, every I well, think this. I think Kim Basinger. It was a weak field. It was a weak field. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what. What is amazing is when you look at Best Actor, none of these guys made it. Did no, anyone get nominated? Really? None, no got, other actor from that movie. Let me say. Wait a minute, as good as it gets. He won. Matt Damon. You know, Goodwill Good Hunting. Oh, yeah. The Apostle, Peter Fonda, Yuli's Gold, Dustin Hoffman, Wag the Dog. I would have dumped Dustin Hoffman, you know. no. Yeah. Things. And supporting, and supporting and actor, Robin, Robin Williams. Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah, he won it. Boogie Nights, that was good. He should have won. I went with him. Robert Forster for Jackie Brown. Anthony Hopkins, Amistad, and Greg Kinnear, as good as it gets. Yes. So, um. Yeah, but these guys are surprising. Wow. All right, back to my scenes, okay? Jeez. Okay, sorry. Fine. Uh, obviously, the death scene with Spacey, right? Oh, man. But that, that yeah. thing they do at the end where he whispers Rolo Tomasi. 
right? With a little mm-hmm. smirk on his face, oh. right? And he laughs right before he passes away. He laughs, and then they immediately cut to the police scene where yeah. Dudley is explaining how Jack Vincennes died. He got moved somewhere, and he walks up to Ed Exley and says, "Hey, who's this Rolo Tomasi?" Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And the look that, on that Guy Pierce's face—that was such a good turn on that. And then he repeats it again in the hotel right before. Dudley's going to shoot him, which is what prevents him from getting shot for a second. What's that? (laughs) Yeah, for a second. Yeah, and then that's when uh, a bud stabs him in the leg, and after being shot seven times. (laughs) I know. I thought that too. He's been been shot forty-seven times. I mean, you look at these. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about now. You look at these movies with all these gun shootings, and you see all the real shootings that happen now, and the hoopla that's around one guy anybody shooting a gun off and these guys are firing left in these movies. Everybody's firing left and right, including that scene in the elevator where he shoots the guy in the elevator. There's yeah. so much. He has that. no idea who else was in that elevator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't even talked about Danny DeVito. Yeah. Hush hush. Right. Mm-hmm. And Michael, Michael straight, straight playing Patrick. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. Patrick yeah. Here's Patrick. with the Patrick, mustache. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, he was great. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the woman who cast oh, this Patrick. movie, uh, the director used on his next four films because he said, I, I, she just nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she did. Great faces. You know, yeah. even smaller characters, Bud makes, you have all these over overweight cop guys all in their like 40s. You could imagine just going around beating people up. And the other mm-hmm. dude that was beating Danny DeVito in that interrogation scene is a guy I'd see in everything. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he is, a, he's in the Bourne movies. He plays one of the FBI guys. He was yeah, in Gladiator. He may have been. He's all, he's in all this stuff. Uh, yeah. You see him all the time. He's another good face. Um, yeah, I just... Um, the guy like who said, played I, Jack Webb in the TV series, yeah. Matt McCoy. Yeah. See him everywhere. Then, um, uh, what is it? My... My maid or something. He did a sitcom, My Maid. Now he does AARP commercials. That's him in the car. Those <laughs> Matt, <right>. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. I, I always said perfect movie. Just the facts. You're right. Yeah, well, here's, here's my problem. Okay. I think it gets over one thing. I don't think Guy Pierce. I think Guy Pierce. well, first is just a technical problem. As the screenplay goes, this really violates, this is the only really successful film that I see really violates the normal rules of screenwriting in the sense that they're, the act one goes until hour one. You know, that should have been over, you know, the setup of the characters, the story. Hmm. Really, it, it's this is practically, when you think about the night owl shooting, it's practically a pre-title sequence because the hmm. real crime is something else. You know, so this was this was all set up. And that's normally a first act. Screenplays are broken into quarter, corner, quarters, and on a 120-page movie, 120-minute movie, first act is about 30 pages, the second act is two quarters, and then a two-hour movie would be one hour, and the last act is a um, half an hour. Now, this is a long movie, but this is a technically a really long first act because it essentially ends with him shooting the um, people in the elevator and him being Shotgun Ed. You know, them greeting, and they're finally accepting him as a detective at the end mm-hmm. of that. And you have that little quiet interlude where everyone goes about their business before them. And then essentially the plot kicks in, you know. It's sort of like then everyone begins to think, well, what just happened? But, but didn't that, that, did that hour set up all If you're not a screenwriter. Yeah. 
if you just looked at it through the eyes of, a, of an audience member, I didn't feel that way about it. I mean, it, I, I didn't think it dragged on too long. No, so, no, because it's full. Because it's great. Yeah, and the rules can be broken as long as yeah. you're really good. And but doesn't that doesn't that first hour set up all three of those guys that are going to? Yeah, be it's great. Me? You know, okay. but I bet today they'd have a harder time because um, the executives, you know, out there are more reading books like um, Save the Cat and all. Because no, it's really difficult to make a decision on what kind of movie you want to make. Because every time you roll the dice, you're spending $100 million at least. Mm -hmm. So they go, they read these screenwriting books, these screenwriting gurus that say, this has to happen by this page, this has to happen by this page. And they take it, you know, suddenly it was one guy's opinion who wrote the book. And they take it very seriously. If you're not, you have to be cognizant of the fact that if you're not following those rules, you know, you're going to answer for it at some time. So that was, to me, that was a nice, brave thing. But I thought Guy Pierce would have been too smart. His character was too smart to sleep with, um, with Kim yeah, Bates. I thought that too. Yeah. I thought that too. Are you guys insane? No, I think every other character I mean, would have, including Kevin Spacey. But you can't. He, 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 his whole thing was wanting to be better than Bud White, and Bud White was sleeping actually her boyfriend, and yeah. he's trying to prove that he's better than Bud White. He's going to prove it any way he can. Yeah, but that. I just felt like that. That I just felt like that uh, broke from the character he had. He had as they had presented him. He's exemplified by self-control. But I think what That's they were saying, it. I yeah. think, but that they were saying that he he started to change. Yeah, and this is something the new, you know, his new character would do. That's right. Mean, he's corrupt in a sense. He's, he's getting corrupted. Straight lace down. Right. Mm -hmm. And he also thought that uh, he thought that Russell Crowe was paying her. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. he didn't believe that they were together. Mm -hmm. So to him, she was just a whore. Yeah. And, you know, so, but that's also set up Russell Crowe to go bananas. And and they did it to set up. Which doesn't take much. Well, they were trying to get actually killed. But it was a big setup. That's what the whole thing was. Right, that right, was right. a setup. So but he got I mean, you, okay. And it's Kim Basinger. Well, I'm saying. I don't care how right. straight laced the guy is. Yeah. It you, you're gonna, it's not that hard to think that he would do that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to agree with you, John, the closer you get your face to the camera. Well, He's just showing it the ring lights in his agree. eyes. I know you want to agree. That's a little too close. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, and also, my, my final thing, you know, <laughs> is a, a problem with it. And I overlook all these problems because it's such a great movie. Is Really? Russell Crowe lives. He was shot 92 <laughs> well, yeah. well, that was a little far But that happens all the time in movies. They get but, shot like 5,000 well, times. Well, how many times do people get thrown into walls and they just stand up and walk away? <laughs> Most people have a concussion, you know, have made brain. You know what this reminds me of? When um, we watched when 24 was on the first, you know, the first seasons, not like the most recent, you know, one, one year thing. Um, the one guy, Tony, remember? He gets oh, yeah. shot in the yeah. neck. Yeah. Same 24 hours. He's yeah. shot in the neck. They take him to the hospital. I think it was like three hours they, later. They remove the bullet. They tape up his neck. And he's and back he's to work. back to work. 
Right, I know. And like, if I bump my knee on the cabinet as I walk by, I'm down crying like a baby, and I can't get up for five minutes. But I know. Well, I these know. are movie tropes, and everybody... like it, it was not like he got shot at point blank range. Yeah, it was far oh, away. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> one here, got one in the face. That one right there. That's that was fleshy. the last one. That's very fleshy. Yeah, that was the last shot. It was grosser he's, seeing he's him in the car stroke. with the tubes coming out of his thing. I know, just going like this. I know he couldn't say. But anything. he got the girl. Uh, is he a vegetable now? Like, what is he? Is he? Oh, he's waving. No, I he's don't know, fine. but he, he's moving to Arizona with Kim Basinger. I think you know how I already feel. I about think it. he's fine. <laughs> 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 so, those are big supplies, Sean. Those are those are my problems. Yeah. I mean, that last one, I I agree with that. I I mean, that was, but it didn't it didn't. I didn't sit there and go, oh, that's just stupid. I don't buy it. I was just like, okay. So he's got to save the guy. What we both said was we went, he's still alive? <laughs> no, well, they played it like he was Here's dead. Here's what oh, I was right. shocked was when they were questioning Guy Pierce, and he mentions that he shot Kevin Spacey, and then I, you know, that what Cromwell had done, and then I'm like, he leaves off Bud White. Right. And I'm right. like, why doesn't he mention that he killed Bud White? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I wonder yeah, if the they did a preview. said that uh, Dudley was a hero. Right. Well, yeah. he did that to get his position. No, but this is right. before that when he's mentioned. That's right. I wonder if they did a preview. You know, they did one of those, uh, you know, group things, and um, they said we, they didn't want Bud White to die. They were upset if he died when they do those, you know, movie uh, they interview a bunch of people. Book. Yeah, I doubt it. I mean, tech, also looking at the Guy Pierce character, and his, and it's interesting that most of the characters start corrupt and become nice. He mm-hmm. starts night honest and becomes more corrupt because essentially well, guy Pierce and, guy and at Pierce that point he wrong. almost doesn't have a choice. Right, yeah. exactly. You know? I mean, there were so many different things Dudley's telling him the whole time. Right, kid, unless you would you be willing to uh, plant some evidence? No, would to uh, change the story of whatever? No, then you should pick something other than being a detective. So it's kind of like accounting. Well, that's why him shooting him in the back was such a huge deal. He ended up, yeah. he ended up doing everything. He did, he did everything he said. Now, I think I take the approach that he, um, Exley knows the whole system's corrupt. Right. All of them. The DA, everybody, the chief, uh, uh, all of them. And his attitude is, okay, yeah, I'm going to get in because at least I'm going to bring some honor to this system. Well, didn't he say I'm going to make it work for me now? Right. Well, and one of the things he says to Kim Basinger at the end is, because um, she said something incredulous, like she couldn't believe he was doing whatever. And he said, I know they're using me, so I'm using them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's his choice. Mm-hmm. If he came out, and, and he also knew, I think, that if he said Dudley was a criminal and didn't let him have this heroes thing, and they, it would just have blown the whole police department apart. Well, that was that whole uh, interrogation that, at the end. Yeah, and he told exactly. what really happened, and right. they're all talking to themselves about it. And that's when he chimes in and says, "Oh, we can go this way." Right, right. And everything right. like yeah, that, that's a scene where they're talking outside. He right. shouldn't be able to hear him. Well, he the, says, he's hero. The I think there's the more than one up. hero here. How do you hear that? And you know, he he gets his he gets his way. And you can see even when he gets the award around his neck, the ple- the chief captain looks at him like, "Okay, you got us on this one." Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but, but the, he was corrupt too because, you know, Guy Pierce wasn't happy with him and Exley because when he says go out, use all necessary force and all, 
you know, to mm-hmm. find the people of Los Angeles demands it, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, night, you know, the night out. Right. They were all corrupt. Yeah. They were all, they were corrupt. all corrupt. Everyone in the film was corrupt. Yeah. That's wow. what I like about it. Wow. And you still even, like it. even the rape victim lied because right. that's right. See? Yeah. yeah. Poor guy eating cereal gets shot in the heart. He doesn't, you know, he's laughing at the cartoon. She said, who's going to believe a Mexican girl? You know, who cares what was done to? Uh, it's just, that's, it's, is prescient the right word? Am I using the right word? Is prescient? Probably not. I'm going to allow prescient. you to use that word. Well, prescient. you guys are the writers. Is it a word or not? Yes. I'm a freaking accountant. Don't ask me. <laughs> I'm talking to the two writers in the, in the squares yes, here. I would use it, but I would... I would go through spell check and see whether it had a red line underneath. Of I it. don't want to spell it. I just want to know if I'm using the right definition. I don't, want to, I don't use two dollar words when a twenty five cent one will do. So <laughs> wow. on, a, on a twenty five cent podcast. Okay. All right. Well, all I'm saying it's is time. it seems relevant to the times. What, now, what about how did you guys feel? Because I told you uh, when I watched Kevin Spacey, and, I, and and as an actor, I love Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. But as I'm watching this and how good he was in it, I I just felt like like what a waste. Well, what is he not good yeah. in though? What no. is he not? Brad Knight. Uh, oh, he I was terrible him. in Superman Returns. Awful. Wow. Well, okay. Well, oh, you asked me, I answered. Okay. Uh, he was, we were, we were talking about it. Movie. He was too old for it. Well, he did. He directed that too. He did way too much in that movie. But his voice, his singing voice in that movie, is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Joe, what were you going to say before those two started talking? Um, before they, you know. <laughs> those two? Um, we, we talked about that before because before everything with the, uh, with the scandal with Kevin Spacey, he was one of my favorite actors in my, like, top ten overall. I loved everything he did. I, I just, you know, American Beauty, I've seen that movie so many times, and I think he's just brilliant in it. And I said to Brad, you know, the only thing that keeps me able to feel comfortable watching him in movies now, because it's not because his acting, his acting was, was top notch, is because I remember when all this stuff was happening and people were saying, well, should we not, should we boycott the movies of these people? And then the, the mindset came out and said, well, if you do that, sure, you're, you're, um, you know, not taking up for that person, but there are thousands of people involved with a movie. So like, don't say I'm not going to rent such and such a movie because Kevin Spacey's in it because he wasn't the only person in it. You know, there were, there are all kinds of people who are getting, um, it's true. It's true. But what's funny about it is when he, when he gives a line that, you know, you think of double entendre, you know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, we and it's did, like, yeah. well, isn't yep. that coming from him? You know what I mean? Yep. And that's yep. not how you, yep. he is, he's so good and he does such a good job. It's just a shame that that's kind of hanging over his head. And as an audience member, you can't just say, well, you know, I'm just going to forget all that because he'll say a line and it's like, mm. yeah, he def- yeah. It definitely yeah. creeps in. Even when he's talking to Simon Baker about Fergie and anything you want and exactly that whole, yeah. it does creep in there, but, for some reason, this movie, the way in him in this movie, I'm able to just say, I don't care. And maybe I'm a terrible human being. No, I know. Well, well, that's I, a given, no. but no. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're approving of him. You're, you're just you're enjoying not, his. I just, yeah. I just, I just, I just love him in this, this. If he was playing part, a he's so good character, you wouldn't be thinking that way. He was a pretty just, breezy just, character. He's so good he was, in this movie. He was probably the, the lightest 
character of anybody in the movie. And it was such yeah. a shock when he got killed. Yeah. That was a... Yeah. yeah just came out of nowhere. Just as he's shock. getting, to everyone's point, just as he's getting his redemption. That's right. And he only got oh, shot once. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How did he not <laughs> shot that? He's dead. That. Russell Crowe, 3,062 <laughs> shots. <laughs> shots missed. Like they were flesh wounds. Those were yeah. all flesh wounds. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> he went right to the heart with uh, Kevin Spacey there. He's got no arm. Right. <laughs> so okay i guess we know what our ratings are going to be we might as well just all say it at the same time you ready one two three Yippee-ki-yay. that's so dumb <laughs> my fault i'm sorry that's totally on me totally on me no i just love 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 this movie number two to jaws i have to say Number two. You know what? Yeah. We should watch. We say. should watch Jaws. Uh, talk about it. I mean, do it. Everybody talks cool about it. What could podcast. we? Yeah. What could we add to that? Hey, you're lucky. I almost picked Gone with the Wind. That would have been a. More what we really should do, because we're named after it, is Die Hard. Uh, but again, that one's been done a zillion Christmas. times. I like yeah. doing these. Yeah, that, that we watched that fairly yeah. recently. Yeah. We watched it at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard. Christmas. I mean, everybody I does those. Those are kind of easy. I like to do these offbeat. You know, kind wait, of. Wait, Ralph, was this you? You sent us a list of top ten. Was this on that list? I don't remember. Oh, so it's number two to Jaws, but it didn't make your top ten list. Sean, was this on my top ten? <laughs> it was on your top ten. It was Isn't on my top convenient? ten. It was on my top ten, and okay. I, as I said in the email, Jaws is number one. I'm not sure about everything else. They're going to be fluctuating. Well, I thought this one had a lot of relevance to today. Yeah, but it, it's but very personal. Yeah. Towards Gone with the Wind, but I'm like, I don't know. We'll wait a week on that. A couple of weeks on that one. Mm-hmm. Gone yeah. with the Wind? No, no. I'll be off that one. <laughs> no. No. That'll be a fun. Uh, I, I can't even imagine. I've never seen that movie. But it's... I do want to talk about the the sins of Brian Hegeland. What he wrote, he wrote the uh, remake of Taking a Pelham One Two Three. But that's that gets good reviews that movie, except yeah, from us compared to the original. But you know the the people like that movie. People liked our podcast. It's our podcast. <laughs> I think that's where he met all Mel eight of them. <laughs> oh, that hey, we, has been viewed over like eleven hundred times. It must be a, a, an error. It must be like when Kramer had the yeah, phone number a, that was eight hundred film. Remember that? That's, that's a glitch. Called. Some glitch. Welcome to movie phone. Somebody's finger gets stuck. <laughs> exactly. Happening. <laughs> now, I, my guess is that somebody who was a fan of the film, some popular website somehow listed us with people. Someone who's got a lot of uh, followers. Yeah, you should followers. you should take a look at that Mel Gibson payback versions because there's I the like Brian the version and there's the Mel version, and they're completely different, both color wise and theme wise. They they shot the same stuff, but they yeah they, Mel used it was completely one of them was different. much much darker. Brian's was much, much darker. Bluer in the um, cinematography. Well, Brian's yeah. was much bluer and darker in tone by the way ralph what about people subscribing to our podcast well you're in charge you forgot to mention that at the beginning so why don't you mention it now aren't you the director of this whole thing and i direct people to direct uh, subscribers so go ahead we we need subscribers we need uh hit the notification button that's how we can expand our reach and uh, if you like what you're hearing please share it drop us a note let us know if you'd like us to do a particular movie uh, we'd love to uh, get some feedback from you. Maybe we already got one that. request that um, I forgot what the name of the film was, but I'll look it up again. Yeah, was it a- Sir, Smart request, great. request films, and we'll <laughs> tell you 
the, Trying to talk good when you tell people we don't well, remember. We're not even going to remember what you asked for. We know it's a good film, though. Dark. <laughs> That's a dark <laughs> film. Even even um, even Al chimed in on that. Oh, I heard that's really dark. It's a dark one, yeah. yeah. But, uh, hey, if, if we'll do it, we'll do it. Um, I guess we'll see what's going to be next week. We don't know yet. Wojo, you want to pick a movie? Or should Wojo, we have you submitted a top ten list yet? No. Well, okay. <laughs> well, you're very matter-of-fact okay. about that. No. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you submit a top ten list? Let's take a look if we have any commonalities among the four of us and pick, up, mm-hmm. pick one from that. Okay. Uh, Brad, top 20. Brad, and then talk. Brad, I didn't mean to exclude you from that. Would you no, like to be a top 20? No, we're good. I'm good. Okay. All right. You're an accountant, I just figured. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you think can do the with Wojo Ben Affleck. Wojo needs, I saw that. I have not. <laughs> Wojo needs to explain to Brad what top 10 means, and then he'll, he'll give us one. Is that right? What's no. that? <laughs> Wojo's left. I don't know what that means. Is that an inside joke? No, she explains movies in the middle of the movie. She stops the movie to explain what's going on. I mean, come on. I didn't explain to him what Whatever. was going okay. on. I mean, that doesn't affect the movie experience you know, at we've all. We've been married 25 I years. I don't need you guys to try and break this up. Oh, no, no. It's like rock. <laughs> Solid as a it rock. It is. It is. All right, so we'll all figure right. it out for next week. You get it yourself. Okay, well, we're going to stop. Are you going to edit this? Can you just, like, stop this? No, and- I just have one more thing to say. Rolo. Tomasi, and let's <laughs> call it a day. Okay. Uh, be sure to check us on iTunes too, because we're not just a YouTube thing. I know. I keep. Sean would like yeah. everybody to know we're officially a podcast, even though we keep videotaping all. Well, these we're now. a very visual medium. <laughs> yeah, so. And I would love to see UHF. Oh, where uh, Yankovic? The counselor, you the mean, haunting. You'd love to hear it. You'd love to hear it. I would love to hear those. I'll have to go back into the archives no. to up. You guys the counselor. <laughs> what? Or just edit out everything Sean said. Wait, did you guys do UHF? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that movie. How about The Counselor? Um, I haven't seen it, but you from should. what I hear, I don't really want to see it. You should see it. You don't. You know, you in don't. about 30 years, that's going to be considered a classic. It's going to be a classic. And you guys are going to be. It's yeah, going to be a classic that's book. still only loved by Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Say what you want. I hope it holds up in 30 years. <laughs> it didn't hold up in one. It didn't hold up when it was made. Put it on a double bill with Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, it's not that good. Oh, now that is not. For kids. For kids. No, for kids. For kids. Uh, boy, this is. Now, at least Slapshot's not talked about all the time. Oh. It's Hudsucker Proxy. Don't even get me right. started. I'm I'm done. Done. Used to get up to go up to the top <laughs> law and oh, seven boy. seconds to get down. All right, that's where I'm hanging out. If if they're going to prepare material, I'm going to start preparing material. Yeah, okay. don't please, please don't get John started. You did. You, you sharpened a piece of paper. I'm begging you guys, don't, don't get him started. <laughs> don't get me okay? started. Okay, he's been he's been. I've held him back pretty well. He's doing all right. I actually like him in this scenario, but I don't know if it's going to work if you guys get him riled up. I'm not going to lie. Family secrets start coming out that I'm not going to want everybody to know. Okay, sit. Are we good? Okay. Wow. Good. My wife is vibe down. All right. <laughs> everybody, we shut. Hey, nobody. Like, like we That's always say. That's a way say. to bring down the room, Ralph. Ten All minutes. right. There you go. All right. See you guys next time. Yep. Excellent. Right. See ya. Have, Have a great right week, out. everybody. Bye.